Hmm. I wonder what this podcast is about. Hello. Did, Did you, you click, click this podcast? podcast? Well, <laughs> this is what's going to happen. Hi, I'm Fernando, and this podcast me and an awesome guest. Yeah, me. Not you. Oh my. Everybody, stop. Jeez. What the heck is Anyways. going on? And our guests. This guy's tripping. We'll be reviewing shows from Netflix because we all got to know what to watch next, right? Well, oh, yeah. in this podcast, you'll see if you should get a certain clicks. A try from me and my critics. Huh. See what I did there? This <laughs> guy just had a throw well, in there. Here we go. Starting in three, oh, well, two. This is for one. Very cool. Flicks Critics. Hello, everyone. This is Fernando back again at the show, and we are on Flix Critics. And today I have an awesome guest named Garrett. So, Garrett, how about you tell us about, about yourself? Uh, hi, guys. My name is Garrett Jagaman. I am uh, the owner of a company called Brutal Business Entertainment. We are a multifaceted label. Um, you know, we do everything from live events and concerts and music to photography and modeling, paranormal investigation team, two Whoa. radio shows that we have. Um, we do online video game streaming and, you know, everything in between. I mean, we're, we're literally involved in pretty much everything. Dude, that is awesome. Wait, wait hold on. So you were talking about paranormal. What did, I remember I was, I was, I actually was in the paranormal society when I was in college. So it's been a minute, but like, what is it like when you're doing, like, do you like record everything or are you, is this like a paid thing? Is it like a hobby or like how, how's that work? Uh, it's kind of funny you ask that. Actually, tonight after our radio show, I have a couple hours of downtime, and then I'm actually going to do a solo investigation myself of a very historic um, location here in Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, it's a business that is asking I keep their name out of the mainstream, so they don't oh, want yeah. their name mentioned. But they did give me um, the first rights to ever go in and investigate their location. It's never been investigated before. It's 100 years old. Um, I probably will be the only person ever gets to, and it'll just be me tonight by myself at that location. So something I do quite frequently, ironically, tonight, it just happens to be a night of an investigation. But uh, I have been involved in that scene for a very long time. Um, ever since a child, I had been fascinated by it with my first encounter around six or seven. And then um, just kind of from there grew, been doing um, investigations and visiting different locations for the last 15 years, roughly. I did step out of it for a little while to focus more on building up the label. Now I'm back into it full time. So I do have a team. We do go out and do a lot of team investigations, both at personal residences and we also do famous locations. Um, and then I do a lot of just solo investigations where I go to locations hundred percent by myself and do a night overnight investigation, you know, just me. So um, something fascinating. I, there is money to be had in certain, you know, certain aspects, you know, depending upon if someone has a home investigation and they're looking for evidence and looking for maybe a cleansing or, you know, to get some relief from things that are terrorizing them. And then other times it's just, just a whole lot of fun. I always enjoy getting out there and getting to um, communicate with the spirits. I'm a very spiritual person. Um, so when you get a chance to speak to any type of entity out there or interact with them, it's always, you know, an honor. What are some uh, stories you could tell us about some events that you uh, of, some, of some places that you went to, you know, do your thing at? Um, I mean, certainly as far as places individually, not so much stories, but just places. I mean, um, I've been to Hillview Manor um, mm. here in Pennsylvania. Great location, always very active. I mean, it's rare that you would go there and not have a lot of activity. Um, one of which uh, is as far as a story that I can share is, 
Um, I was in Mary Virginia's room, who's a very famous known entity of that building. A lot of people have had contact with, and I was sitting in a room talking to her and was there for roughly almost an hour. Um, I would hear little sounds here and there, but nothing that was just clear cut evidence. I'm someone who goes in and I'm definitely a believer, but I'm someone who goes in with a level head and I always see right. how can I prove that that's not a ghost before I can prove that it is. I think that's important. And, you know, about 45 minutes to 50 minutes in, um, I'm having a conversation with her and I said a couple things that I knew could possibly trigger a reaction. Now, I want to step back from that for a moment and say, I don't trigger a reaction by being rude or disrespectful. And unfortunately, most groups that go out there are. They they try to taunt the spirit, try to get them to interact with them by calling wow. them names and saying, oh, you're not there. I don't think you can do anything. That's not how I get down with my investigations. I'm very respectful. So I, I had said something that I that had been brought up about her past um, during the tour at the beginning. And sure enough, it, it incited a reaction in the, the hospital bed in the corner of the room, nothing attached to it. I checked it afterwards, just violently starts shaking. So you can hear it rat tat 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 tat. It's dark in there, so you can't really see it that well, but you know where it's coming from. You know what the sound is. And it was very loud and very present. And then it went silent, and I repeated what I said about 30, 40 seconds later. And it just started rattling again. So then I went over with my flashlight. I'm looking at the bed. I'm shaking it myself to see if I can get it to make that sound. And I had to shake the hell out of it. I mean, put some force behind it to get to replicate the sound and what I just experienced. So, I mean, I had several things that happened there that night, the last time I was there. But that by far was the best clear-cut evidence of just interaction right there and, and and something that as heavy as a metal hospital bed's just shaking violently in the corner of the room it was definitely surreal wow that's really terrifying oh my gosh and see the thing is most people do get terrified i mean i think that's what most people do is to kind of get that rush and they like the fear of it me right. it's opposite of that i've never been i've never been scared i've never been frightened by um, the spirits like tonight, I will be 100% by myself in this building and it's quite big. I mean, there's a lot of activity that's been known to happen here. And, and instead of being afraid of it, I'm actually very excited to go out there and get to interact. And most people think I'm crazy because I've gone to some pretty extreme locations, but there's never really been that element of fear. Like, oh my God, I'm terrified of this thing. It's more like, oh, like, wow, there's interaction right there. Let's communicate. Let's talk. What can I learn from you? What can you learn from me? How long have you been doing that? Um, like I said, I've been involved in the paranormal in one fashion or another since about six or seven. So you're talking, you know, shy of 30 years, you know, as far as like going out and actually going to locations, doing investigating and trying to communicate roughly about 15 at this point. So what are some tips you can give the people who are, who actually want to do this for a living? Um, I would say be respectful. As I said, go in with a level head. Don't you know, show them disrespect. You're there to get an interaction out of them. And, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of times they're happy to give you that, but you don't have to do it by being a prick to them. You know what I mean? You can be very kind and get the same type of reaction you can get if you're rude. But a lot of times that's not going to help because it can cause harm to you if you, if you push the wrong buttons or they might purposely not do anything for you because they know you're disrespectful. So that's a big one. Be careful going into old buildings and locations. I mean, if they're a historic place that lets you come in, most likely they're safe. Um, a lot of them still do have you sign medical waivers and things, but yeah. there's a lot of times I've gone into just old abandoned buildings that I know that there's stories behind where 
there's chunks of the floor missing and you're walking on and the floors are creaking and could collapse at any moment. So you have to be very careful if you're going out there to let someone know where you're going to be, how long you're going to be gone. Um, it's not smart to just show up randomly because you could fall through a floor and die and no one ever know that you're there. And I've been in locations that hadn't been, you know, stepped inside for years. So if you fell through a floor and no one knew, you could be there for years to come. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, oh, snap. Well, those are some good tips because I've always wondered because I always wonder what it would be like to actually go into different locations. Because I've seen like, you know, like ghost hunters or um, all these, there's many of them out there. And so like, I was always, always, always curious about what it would be like to actually be with a group and do it. Well, one other thing I would throw out there is is people buy watching these shows. There's nothing wrong with that, even though I do feel that 90% of the things that we see on the shows, the movies and things on Netflix and Hulu yeah. and all this on Paranormal, I feel that most of it's fabricated or really embellished. Now, that's not to say that these things are not real and can't happen. They very well can. I just don't think they happen in the way that is shown. But what it brainwashes the culture into believing is if I go into a building and I sit there for two and a half, three hours, I should have several amazing encounters. What they don't realize is you might go sit in a building for nine hours all night long. Not a single thing happened. You might come back again. Nothing happened. The third time you come, it'd be absolutely off the chain. Things are happening all night. There's no, you know, expectancy. You can't go in expecting something to happen to your schedule. You are on their grounds. They'll act whenever they want to act on it. It doesn't go the other way around. And that's what I find a lot of groups are out there. Oh, you know, I went to public tours. I do a lot of solo ones or private tours or private investigations where it's just my team or myself. No one else is allowed at that building at that time. But I do do public. And sometimes I'm, I'm in a public event and people are doing their own thing off in their own parts of the building. And I'll hear people or see people leave after two hours. And I've asked them before, like, you're leaving already. Yeah, we didn't experience anything. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. We're heading home. Wow. And I'm like, you've been here for two hours. <laughs> like, like, you got to put more time into it than now. You got to invest some time. I got hundreds and hundreds of hours into research. And then that's only the beginning. I mean, after that, sitting, sitting down and listening to your audio watching your video over and over and over again in hopes of catching that 0.1 second flash on the screen of a face or a, a sound on your audio recording. I mean, that's what people don't think is they just think about the fun of it. They don't think about the work aspect. Right. Well, those are some good tips. Cause well, I remember like when I was in college, like they told, they told us that, um, for uh entity to be able to move something it takes a lot out of them because all the spirits are is just a huge ball of energy if they are to do that then that's their that they're done like it takes a lot for them to move certain objects is that true it is it, it's you know everything's energy everything's vibration frequency and energy are the three things that make up everything that you experience and see we right. even as flesh beings are just a specific frequency. We look at ourselves as tangible flesh beings, which we are, but we are just a different frequency than ghosts, than a rock, than the river. Everything operates on frequencies, and it's too detailed to try to explain to the listeners right now, but trust me on yeah. that. There's a lot of research behind that. Ghosts are the same way, or spirits. They are a frequency. They have passed from their mortal bonds they're no longer a flesh being they've ascended to the next step up in the ladder which we will all send to as well not all of us come back as ghosts some of us move on 
but it's the next frequency up. But it, they can't always be seen. They can't always be heard. And anytime they allow you to hear them and see them or they manifest in front of you, that takes in a great deal of energy. Same thing with poltergeist activity where things are flying off the wall, doors are slamming over and over again. They can sometimes do it once, multiple times, but they're going to spend up a lot of the energy that they have. So that's another thing is you don't want to go in and amp this thing up and call it names and piss it off because then what's going to happen is maybe it hasn't used its energy yet and now it's going to, but it might do it in a way that's going to harm you because you're in its territory and now you're mocking it and you're provoking it and it's going to use that. So it's never a smart you know, idea, but it definitely does use a lot of energy. And ironically, the place I'm going to tonight is one of those said locations. Sometimes you only have visual and audio. Tonight, it's been said that this place is very frequent as far as doors opening and slamming over and over again, especially in the women's bathroom. Um, the stall doors, like multiple ones, will open and shut all at the same time. Um, lights flick on and off and things have even slid across tables in front of people and things have been thrown off shelves. So there's a very wow. movable presence at this place. So that's what, what makes tonight's especially exciting is that you can go to a lot of hauntings and not experience a poltergeist. It's a different style of haunting. So those are always something that's exciting to get to see. Wow. Thank you. For, thank you for talking about that. This is some cool stuff right there. I've always, I've always been so curious about the paranormal when it comes to researching different locations. So this is some good stuff. So, and anyone that's out there that wants to uh, go for go for doing something like this, you know, just be careful out there and don't try to make them angry, you know, because yeah, I don't no, even know absolutely. what's the point of trying to make them angry anyway, because like, it's, it's not like, it's, not like it's, it's an easy go to, I think people jump to that easily because if they, if they can make it angry within an hour and it gives them results, then they're happy because they don't want to sit there for four hours right. and hope to get results. But that's not the proper way of doing it. Um, it's, it's just, there's a lot of repercussions that can happen, and people don't realize that they can attach themselves to you. They can cause physical harm. They can cause psycho psychological harm that happens after you leave. You leave two days, three days go by and everything's fine. And all of a sudden something starts to happen at your home or to you or to your mind and something doesn't seem right. There's a lot of after effects that people don't think about. Um, and, and that's the problem. So I need to go about it in a professional manner. It's okay. I encourage people to go out there and have fun, but show respect towards them and show respect towards the locations that you're at. I can't right. stress that enough. Don't leave trash there. Don't break things. Don't spray paint anything, you know, go there and treat it with the respect it deserves look at that location like it's your home and and you're you know you have guests over to your house you don't want them to do that to your house don't do it to theirs so um and that is something i will mention anybody out there that's listening if you do have any questions want to look at how you can get involved in, into the paranormal and maybe go on some great um investigations you know have something that's troubling you at your home that you need some relief from and you're looking for a cleansing of some sort or you have something at your home and you want someone to come and investigate it or at your business, please contact me. I do that frequently. Um, I do a lot of research and work on this. This isn't a hobby for me, even though I do enjoy it. This is something I research and do every day of my life. So um, I'm always willing to help anybody out there that's listening. Wow, that's so cool. Thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. So, okay, so... So today we're going to be talking about Dangerous Lies, where Dangerous yes. Lies is about young newlyweds who move to a totally new world of their own. But then the wife, she has a, she's a caretaker who takes care of an older man. 
the situation is the owner dies and which this is really nice. This is really cool though. The older man, he puts in the will that he gives everything to her. And so now that they have all this money, the husband's like saying, we should like go out we deserve it. We work so hard for this and he wants to do this, but then she wants to be responsible. And then it just creates a huge mess because with all that money, it creates a part of them that they never thought even existed. And so it just causes a lot of, it, it kind of ruins the relationship between them and other people around them as well. Now, when they were first moving in, there was a real estate agent in the beginning. What were your thoughts about the, the male real estate? Because he was trying to buy the house off of her. What did you think about him? Because he seemed pretty sketchy. I mean, I, I look at it from two different sides or two different viewpoints. I mean, from an appearance standpoint, good-looking guy, dressed nice. He presented himself as professional. So from just a visualization, I would say, hey, you know, why question it? There's nothing wrong here. But when you heard his approach and his pitch as far as being interested in the house, yeah. it seemed kind of off. And then he was very pushy about it. And I'm someone who doesn't like hard salesmen, where if you tell someone no or you need time to think about it, anything of that sort, that person should respect that and say, okay, well, here's my contact. Reach out to me or I'll reach out to you. Um, but no, he reiterated, I think, two or three times, came back with the same pitch. Well, I'm very interested. I uh, have an aggressive buyer. and uh, We would like to move on now. And she said, you know what? He, he wouldn't be interested. Thank you. And goes to shut the door. And he, st- he stops the door with his hand. Right. If I go to shut the door on you as someone that's on my porch or on the porch of someone I'm taking care of, and you stick your hand in and stop that door from shutting, you just cross the line if something's wrong. Are you about to enter the home? Are you not who you say you are? So he definitely looked the part, but his actions didn't speak the part at all. Right. When you're a salesman, you know, when you want to make that sale, you know, you push hard. But then the way he kept pushing and pushing out the while, it was like, now it seems like you're trying to, you know, because everyone, the whole neighborhood knew that he was rich. So it kind of sounds like you're trying to get something in that from the house. But if you were if you were in her shoes, how would you react if you were given all that money and then that big old house? I mean, that's that's a tough situation because it, it would be surprising. I would feel a little uncomfortable because as presented in the movie, I mean, she hadn't known this gentleman very long. She hadn't been involved in his life or taking care of him very long. Now, mm-hmm. I know that he didn't have much family or anyone to really leave any of his estate to, but to be working with someone for four and a half months. And then all of a sudden they're like, here's all my money, my belongings and my mansion. Um, It would be a little shocking. Now, obviously I think if there was no one else to give it to, I would probably accept it. Whether I turned around and sold it and didn't want to live there myself or I moved in, I would imagine anybody would move into this house. It's beautiful. So I would accept that. But when she finds the money, and she starts to find other things that are a little peculiar. That's when you know something's wrong. They don't even think of it like that. They think, oh, we found all this money. We got to keep it a secret. Let's not tell anybody. No one knows about it. And they start to make this devious plan of like hiding it. If you find that much money in a box in the attic, you know something's up. There's someone else that's going to know about it. Where did he get that money? Why is it hidden? They're believing it's just that he didn't put his money in a bank and just stuck it there, but yet he gives them written out check earlier. So obviously he has a bank account. Why wouldn't he keep that money there? So it starts to add up on the the sense of 
okay, something's up. Something's not exactly right. There's more to the plan or more to what's going on than we know right now. So that would make me a little bit weary on accepting everything. Like, okay, I just accepted the house. I accepted his belongings, but now I'm starting to find things that are worrying me. Maybe I shouldn't be accepting this. Right. If I were in her shoes, I mean, I would be appreciative and whatnot, but it's just like, even when it came to her, because he's been, he was doing that before he even, he even died. Like he gave her, I guess it was like a $7,000 check and he wrote it out to her. Yes. And she didn't even want to take it. But then the husband, again, being pushy, saying like, we really need this because he could, they could, they could, they were barely making, making meat for a rent, you know? So, and meat for a rent. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is. They're in, especially they're young and they can barely afford rent. And so like, when you're young and then you're living on your own, it's like, you know, you're kind of desperate. So, you know, every person is different. So when there was a situation where I think it was in the middle of the film where they found a dead body in the, the shed in the back. Now, throughout the entire film, they were talking about like when he found the body, he hid the body. What got me that I didn't like about the film was that they never directed that. It's almost like the boyfriend got away with it. So what were your thoughts about that? Because they never went back to that at all. It was like it never happened at all. They just took the diamonds. Yeah, it was kind of a strange side thing that that they touched briefly on and then they almost let go of it and sometimes in movies they do that where they start to go down an alleyway and then they just cut it off you know what i mean you never got to see what was at the end of that alley they only showed you the beginning of it and you're like why even mix that in they could have found a different way to show off the diamonds now i know obviously with the body and the gunshot it leads to other things throughout the film that connect but i agree with you that it was strange because he he you know gets rid of the body they keep the diamonds. And then at the end of the film, when everything goes down, they even go as far as, as the one police officer telling the main character, we, you know, removed everything from him so he won't have any type of record or none of the stuff that we were believing against him will even be considered anymore. So he, he pretty much passes on with a clean record. Everything's right. been let go. But as you said, well, I, I get that. Maybe what you were thinking he was up to and doing, maybe he wasn't, and it was these other gentlemen and these other people involved. But that doesn't change the fact that he still tried to hide money. He tried to be sneaky in several mm -hmm. other ways. The diamonds have gone missing, and he just ditched a dead body in a dumpster right. in the city. And, and it's just like, no, well, you know what? No one cares. Yeah, exactly. Let's just move on. Yeah. Everything's cool. Where that's not real life. You know what I mean? Even if he did pass away, they would still say, you know what? He passed away. But it would still show under his record that he ditched that right. body. It wouldn't just be like, oh, that's the one part that really it. got me because couldn't, they could have even found fingerprints because he just threw the dead body in there. So it would have been easy to find out that he did it. But they, they never addressed it. They said they just went to the wife, the one to the officer went to the wife saying, where was your husband, blah, 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 blah. I kind of understand the officer because throughout the entire film, it looked like it was a setup. Like they wanted the wife and the husband to be the blame, which I can understand the officer's point of view because you were the only one in that house and you knew that he was wealthy. Did you or did you not? Because the first, she could be the first subset. 
you know? So, and then like the whole $7,000 check and then the husband being sketchy. And so like, it, it was like a total setup. And then out of nowhere, she gets the house under her name. You know, I can understand the officer's point of view about the whole investigation saying that it's kind of obvious that the, the wife or the husband did it. But when you were watching the film, did you think that the husband was in on it because of the whole, like, them going back to the husband that he got a random phone call to go to the police station? I mean, so it, take, it took a couple different levels with me, and that's what I did really like about the film. Did I think the film was outstanding no did i think it was a bad film no i thought it was definitely put together well and it was a good film it's one of, it's a film that i think is worth certainly watching now is it something i would go back and watch again probably not unless it happened to be on i wouldn't just specifically seek it out but i thought it was good um but i liked it for this following reason as you said it started to stack up the evidence against the couple unbeknownst to them so they were doing things that were digging themselves a hole at the beginning when they cashed that check right then and there before it even had shown us that the the older gentleman that she was taking care of had passed away when they're sitting in the bank parking lot and he's like well let's just put it into our account we'll cash it tomorrow we'll write out the difference of the extra back to them and everything will be good well that's all fine and nanny but you just left a a traceable paper trail that even six months from now, a year from now, you can look back and say they cashed a $7,000 check, check from this guy and the next day ran one, wrote one out to him, which normally wouldn't be a big thing if there's a crime. But right then and there, I'm thinking, well, you know what? That, that's, that's not a good thing. Why did he give you such a big check? You know, If you're going to cash it, that's going to make you look kind of guilty if something happens to him, which obviously I think the film was setting up that we knew something was going right. to happen to this guy. And then you start to look at the other things. Okay, there's money, and he, he hit it. He sneaks into the house after the death, which if anyone was watching sees this guy yeah. going into a home of someone who just passed away before they even inherited it, starts to look sketchy. Um, and then he's hiding the money. He's going out mm -hmm. and buying himself a nice watch or a Rolex, whatever kind of yeah. watch that he bought. He starts to do these other strange things, and then he – he hides the body. So it starts to look at it and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, these people are not the ones who are, you know, killed this guy, but if it could be this other person, the real estate agent or whoever it might be that's setting them up, but really it's just them setting themselves up by doing stupid moves. But the reason I like the movie is because it took me on that journey that at first I'm thinking someone's setting them mm -hmm. up. Then I went to, I think the boyfriend is setting her up. Yep. And he's a part of this whole thing and he's playing stupid and he's going to end up disappearing with all these money and diamonds and she's going to go to jail. Then it took a third turn and I'm like, no, no, no. You know what's happening? I'm like, she's a mastermind and she actually, it's going to turn around and surprise the hell out of us. She's going to end up being the one that killed him, did all these things to make it look like they're guilty and she'll vanish and have it all pinned on him or just pin it on him mm -hmm. and she won't vanish. So at one point in the movie, I was certain that it was going to blow our minds and flip it, that she was the mastermind behind all of it. And he went to jail for it. Um, but that's not how it ended. So it, it jumped around several times in my mind and I'm like, Oh, I know it's going to happen. And I was wrong. And that's right. what I like when I can't necessarily foreshadow. And I think that's probably why that's probably why they miss a couple of pieces. It, it almost, it's almost like, they were too busy trying to make twists that they forgot to fill in the little gaps that made it not as successful. You know, it would have been a better movie if they made it Agreed. more realistic 
but it's like they almost it's almost like um like recently this new american horror show that just came out right it was about like uh, 1987 or whatever and they were too heavy on the plot twist it, it was a phenomenal it was a phenomenal series in the beginning and then it was a plot twist and then it was another plot twist and then it was another plot twist which plot twists are cool like Stephen King's is huge for that. But when it comes, when you, when you dwell too much on the plot twist, you forget about the story and then it just ruins the film, you know? And I think that's probably what happened Agreed. here. It was like, it was totally good. It was a roller coaster. But I wouldn't watch it again because it seemed too like, eh, it was all right. So... And, and that is the reason I would say to watch it again. I mean, I, I personally said as like a fan of a movie, just wanting to watch it because it has so much repeat mm-hmm. value. I don't necessarily feel that, but I think it does have repeat value at least one more time to see if maybe there's something hidden that we didn't even pick up. Because as you said, is it that they hit it so well that we didn't pick it up? Or is it that they focus so much on the plot twists that they forgot to ever really execute it perfectly like they they jumped over here and then over here and that all looks good but they never pieced it because i can think of several things that happened during the movie that i still sit back and i'm like that they never finished that i mean one of which is being what happened with the body as you said but another one would be well then they never did tell us where the hell that actual cash in that chest came from yeah it yeah. never talked about True. that and I think that's a big loophole that they just left out. And then it never talked about the woman in the pictures of the chest, which I thought somehow would play a part. And he's like, who's this? And shows his wife. She says, oh, I don't know. He never talked about being married before. And they pull out an article that she died years prior. And it looked like it must have been his wife that he told everyone he didn't have. So right then and there, you're like, oh, this is going to play a major part. So I kept waiting for yeah. that to repeat mm-hmm. somehow. Like that was her mother or right. something. And it was going to do some crazy plot twist, you know, because they, they did that throughout the movie. And where I thought the plot twist would be, there wasn't. And where I thought there wasn't, there was. And it was it was kind of strange yeah. in that regard. I mean, it, and they never touched right. base I think it was that. just trying to make you off focus. Like they put a different thing in your face so you won't stay focused on what's really happening. So that's probably what was going on. So, Agreed. But it was, just, it was just too much. So, but... What really got me was the whole time it was uh, the lawyer, apparently, that did his will and whatnot. It was him the whole time, and then him and then uh, real estate in the beginning. They were working on it together. Yeah, it was, it was the, it was the um, Oriental, yeah, the Oriental um, lawyer, her, and the um, clean-cut real estate agent. Yeah, the two of them yeah, together. It, I did not see that coming at all because it, it was almost like the lawyer was trying to help the help her so you know and i was like totally blown away it was that she was behind the whole time but you know but what really got me was the will was fake so how is it that she was still able to keep the house because did they never investigate on that or and that's a that's a good point because it never that's another big hole that they left is you, you know, did, did she go back to living life the way that it was? Did she go back to living in this house and having these amazing items and, and this amazing, you know, fortress of a home? Or what happened there? Because as as you said, the lawyer presents throughout the movie that the whole will and the whole um, estate that was left to her 
was all forged documents that she created to get them into the home um, because they needed to play them like a chess piece until the time was right to get what they needed from them. Um, and then when it's discovered that they're, they're all bad, you know, and then they, they get taken care of through the movie and everything's wrapped up in the end and all oh, your husband won't be having any charges against his name. And, you know, he passed, he can pass in peace and doesn't have to worry about his name being tarnished and reputation. Mm -hmm. And then it just ends and it never says, well, you know what, we're going to need that house back or, but then again, maybe she didn't tell anybody and maybe they still believe she uh, inherited it and yeah. that they were just bad. I don't know. So she, I mean, in that position, do you, after losing your husband, after going through this roller coaster ride, after after everything that happened to her over those couple weeks' time, um, do you tell the police? By the way, on top of everything, the documents were fake. Yeah, I don't kind of makes deserve you to have this yeah. house, or do you just shut your mouth and yeah, keep it? <laughs> right, because it'll make you look even worse than what you really are right now. So you're in the clear. So you know. Might as well just take the house and enjoy something. You lost your husband. You had all this traumatic stuff happen to you that'll sure, you know, I'm sure will definitely cause some problems throughout your life as far as just like a mental state. So you might as well at least enjoy where you live because he had no one to give it to anyway. Right. Oh my gosh. But then in the end, it showed like the dime, like they were trying to find a diamond and it was underneath the tree the whole time. So what was just, what were your thoughts about that? That like, they looked everywhere, but they didn't think about like digging, like looking outside in the yard. What were your thoughts about that? Um, you know, I think it was good at the same time. Kind of, it was cheesy, but good. I mean, he said to her right before he died, check the garden, but he said it in like his dying voice and whispered it, and it was hard to hear, but he did say to her as the last thing he said was check the garden and she didn't hear it. And she didn't pick up on it. And then she still didn't know about it even after the fact until the sprinklers come on in the end. I thought it was cheesy in the fact that if you were going to hide, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in diamonds or millions, I can't remember what the figure yeah. was on it, you would put it in some type of box or bag or something secure. Even if you put it in the garden, you would bury it inside that box. Yeah. You wouldn't just dump the stones in the mulch and cover them with mulch. And I get the point of that because they had a cool concept of the sprinkler coming on. It washes away the dirt and boom, there's the diamonds. If it's in a box, you can't use that visual effect. So for visualization, they had to do it that way. But who in the hell would throw all these expensive diamonds just in the dirt? Because mm -hmm. then what happens when you start digging it up and you lose three of them? Um, you know, so I thought that was kind of strange how they did it. But I like the fact that they were able to come up with a cool way of, of visualizing yeah. she doesn't even know they're there and she would find them next time she comes out to work on the garden hopefully um hopefully someone else doesn't ride by her yard in a bicycle or a kid or something like that and then look over and be like oh my god um so you know i mean it, it left it open for interpretation but i think it was kind of a neat way you know to end a movie i guess yeah it was cool but i just thought like you know they've been looking to me it's like they've been looking in that house for days and then if the sprinklers go on like every day, it would have washed the garden long enough that the cost would have found it by then. So that's what got me. That's what got me. So 
Well, and the timing, I mean, it happened right after the detective finally shows up and says, you're in the clear, you have a wonderful life. They're never going to have to see each other again. Everything's over and done and said and, and finished. And she walks away and then she goes into the house and then boom, that's when the sprinkler washes the diamonds away. I mean, the timing of it, that's why I said, I mean, I get it. They put movies together that way, but sometimes you have to kind of shake your head and be like, wow, okay. You know, like there could have been a more inventive way to do it. Right. That didn't time out just right. I thought actually whenever she was digging in the garden at the very end there before it showed the diamonds, I was thinking she'd probably already found them and was just keeping them because it was her, her prize for everything that happened. Like, you know what? I'm going to keep them and live a comfortable life because like I said, all this crazy crap happened to her. Um, but no, she hadn't found them. And even at the end of the movie, she still hadn't found them and we won't know if she ever does or not. I would imagine she would. Um, but like you said, they would have searched that house better. The timing of it right then and there after the detective leaves mm-hmm. and everything's cleared. It just it, it was a little much. I think. Right. What were you what was you if you were the director that had to clean this up, what would you do to make this film better? I think as we talked about, I think would make sure that I thoroughly analyzed the movie to make sure there wasn't those loopholes unless there was a perfectly placed one. Sometimes you can leave a loophole in a movie purposely to have people questioning it afterwards. Like, I don't understand what that meant. And that's okay. But when you have six of them, then you start to say, well, I don't think he was doing this as a fun, you know, little side thing to mess with our minds. I think it was just that he forgot or she forgot to finish out the parts that they were writing. Um, So I think that first and foremost, I would make sure that I patched the story up. It wasn't a bad story. I felt that there could have been more depth to it. Um, You know, I, like I said, overall, it was a well put together movie, but it's not one of those movies that I'm going to go and tell all my friends about. I'm like, man, you need to watch this movie. It's oh yeah, that's not a bad movie. If you get a chance, check it out. Um, And that's the problem is, is, do you want to be mediocre? Do you want to be great? And I would look to fill in those gaps, add a little bit more of a backstory maybe who that woman is in the chest that he was married to maybe connect that somehow or how did he come up with that money um so i felt that those were some missing parts um but they did leave us guessing i mean the phone call still is a question yeah they never talk about that it lingers but i thought it was like the lawyer who who called i was a lawyer that's what i think it has to be as i think that's the only thing or the uh the real estate the uh, the guy the buyer that was trying to buy the house it could have been him too it could have been, but the only thing that sidetracks you from that is around the same time that he got the phone call and rushed, he was at the house. Now, it only take 20 seconds to make a phone call, so very well could have been him. And it, I think there's a good chance it was either the lawyer or him, but it still leaves the interpretation to me that what if they just never told us and it's just supposed to be uh, us figuring it out for ourselves? What if the husband really wasn't? Now, it never says that. And at the end, she says to him, what, you weren't going to leave me? And he says, no, why, why would I ever leave you? Right. And then you're like, oh, wow, he isn't bad. He is. He's legit. He just didn't want to let go of this money because he grew up poor and he wants to hold on to what little piece of heaven he got. But what if that's not true? What if he actually was connected with those other two? And it just never clear cut says that. And it leaves it up for your interpretation because what if that phone call never actually happened? She said she heard it. She never heard the person on the other line. She never heard the phone herself. How easy is it to have an app in your phone where you can hit a button and your phone ring? People use it to get out of dates. Their phone goes off and <laughs> fake an emergency call. You know what I yeah. mean? It would be easy for him to hit a button on his phone and go off. He answered, and then he has to leave the house. Then he sends his partner in to go scare her a little bit on the house side. He shows back up. She tells him all about it. He had time to, after the money, 
go hire the lawyer, pay her a bunch of money out of that money that they got and say, draw up a fake will, give us the house. And then he gets the house out of it. The lawyer gets a nice chunk of money. Mm-hmm. It, it just everything. He, he was so happy and eager to just hide that body like it wasn't a thing for him. Most people would have a major reaction conflict to it, yeah. of, yeah, they would have a major conflict of, of morals when it comes to that. And it wasn't a thing for him. And he's just like, yeah, I'll go dump the body. Um, he, he beat that guy earlier in the movie whenever the restaurant was being robbed. Right. And it just happened to be a guy he went to high school with. Um, it, there was a lot of things that kind of, they used to almost make you think, okay, he's guilty of something. Then they took it away. Like, Oh no, he wasn't guilty. But then what if there is still that third reversal where, you know what he was, but now we're all foolish enough to believe that he wasn't. And it was just the lawyer and the real estate agent. And sometimes they don't clearly tell you that in a the movie. They want you to sit and think just like a good book. You mentioned Stephen King earlier. Stephen King's a master of that you finish a book and you're like, Oh my God. And you start to think of all these things that I think this happened. And then someone else you talk to about says, no, no, that's not what happened. This happened. Right. Neither of you are right, but neither of you are wrong. So it's, it's just gives you kind of that, that, perspective maybe that's what they're trying to do too maybe they're doing they made pieces in there for you to fill out yourself you know it could be one of those type of films too like they want you to figure it out i mean that right there is cool and all but it depends on how you do it i think if you want to do that i think it's better if you do that near the end instead of like all throughout the beginning then all throughout the middle and then even in the end too so i agree yeah. oh. well, i think back too he's the one that also found the chest you know what I mean? He he walked over to the chest. Yep. She didn't. And he just, for some reason, wanted to open this chest up and look into it. There's a dead body in the room of this guy that died. And normally you would call the police right away, but they didn't call the police and they had nothing to hide at this point. But for some reason, they lollygagged around on calling the police, which gave him time to walk over to this chest and randomly open it, start questioning the belongings inside of it. And then all of a sudden he picks up the shelf and realizes there's a hidden compartment with money. I mean, there's a lot of things that happened that he was connected with. It could be just by mistake, but then you start to think about it. Well, after she was home in her apartment, what if he went back and killed the guy? The guy would have known him. He wouldn't have known the real estate agent, but he would have known um, the main character guy. And he said, you know what? I forgot something in the house. Can I come in real quick? And then he kills the guy. He knows about his money. He's partnered with the other two. He's been looking for things in the house because throughout the, throughout the movie, it shows them go through the different drawers in the house. And when she's looking for something of his, he says, what are you doing? What are you looking for? Almost very questioning her. And she, I forget what she was looking for at that time. Right. Um, she says, I'm trying to find evidence of something, something, something. He's like, oh, there's nothing here. We've already gone through everything. So it seemed like he was defensive of what are you looking for? Why are you going through random drawers? Because it made it seem like he had been doing that. Um, and already looking for something. So, like I said, it, it doesn't address that. And I think nine out of 10 people would never finish the movie still believing he's guilty. They would say, oh, no, I, it, it, it tricked me. But I really think that there was purposely an added element to have some people say, no, I think he was involved and she just didn't know. But overall, I think it was a pretty good film, but I would give it like maybe like a five or a six. Just because, like, I agree. just because of like all the questionable things that happened throughout the film. So, but yeah, this was a good talk, man. This was a good talk. I appreciate you being on today's episode, and I appreciate you talking about the paranormal. And it's been a fun time. Do you have any final words before we log out? 
Uh, no, I just want to thank you, Fernando, for having me on. And then, uh, you know, Flix Critics for having me on the show. Uh, you know, I had a fun time. If you guys ever want to have me back, would love to come on. I am a avid movie watcher and, and TV show watcher. I read a lot of books. So I'm always very involved in entertainment and always love talking about it and picking someone else's brain and kind of shooting the breeze. So I really appreciate you having me on. To anyone listening out there, as I said, you can check out my company, Brutal Business Entertainment. Um, at teambrutalbusiness.com. That'll give you updates of everything we're doing across all of our platforms. Um, you can check out my radio show, Celestial Oddities, and my other radio show, Uncovering the Underground. Um, it gives you a little mixture of everything. We talk about the paranormal and supernatural on one show, um, and also some of my investigations that I do, and I present evidence. And then on my other show, I interview up-and-coming underground artists of all backgrounds and natures all across the world each and every week. So check those out. And really, that's about it. Feel free if you have any questions or, you know, interested in anything to send me a message at uh, brutalbusinessent at gmail.com. Thank you for that, Garrett. And I hope you have a good night during this COVID-19 and be safe, you know, because it's a crazy world out there right now. But everything should be opening back up. They're announcing. So as long as everything goes to plan, most things are supposed to somewhat start to venture towards you know a normalcy again where things will be lifted most companies will be back to work with restrictions um so hopefully we can kind of spend the next few weeks easing back into a regular you know life again which i think we're all overdue for so as you said i I appreciate it i you know i want you to stay safe out there and um hopefully hopefully we're out and about soon thank you garrett and that's all we have for today's episode of flicks critics until next time 